Welcome to this edition of the 3 and 2 What's He Going to Do podcast. I'm Dan Zielinski of the ThirdManIn.com and Baseball Prospect Journal. Joined as always with Colin Cannonberg of Statswipe.com. And Colin, <laughs> we're back. It's been a few months. We, we are back. We are back. back. And, and baseball. Baseball is back. Baseball's back. Yep. days, what, three weeks away? Just about. So, uh, yeah. And we... Uh, we had some hot dogs tonight just to kind of get in the mood, yeah. you know, get that, get the baseball juices flowing, or at least juices that will make our hearts <laughs> stop someday. <laughs> <laughs> Weather's nice for the next couple of days. It feels like spring, feels like baseball. It does. It um, does. But before we talk about the Brewers and all the latest baseball news, we did want to talk about the Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball team. Yeah. Their season just wrapped up 10 and 12 to finish uh, the 2020, 2021 season. It's kind of a weird year with COVID-19. They had a mm-hmm. couple weekends that were canceled, no fans, but the ending was exciting. I don't remember seeing buzz like that for the Milwaukee Panthers in some time. Oh yeah. The town was buzzing. For the that. state was buzzing. The state was. I mean, Considering that Matt, you know, UW Madison was just taking a dive, you know, the whole second half of the season. Marquette yes. was bad. Yeah. Let's be honest, UWM was the face of Wisconsin basketball at yeah. that point, as as they came into came into this tournament and they they came in hot. They had some, you know, double overtime wins and and they yeah. were coming in with. With, with some momentum, I think it was just exciting stuff. Well, and because they ended the regular season kind of one of those typical Panther slumps where they uh, fade down the stretch, but then they got into Horizon League tournament play, won their first game at home, and then faced off against number two seed Wright State on the road on a Monday and on a Tuesday. And uh, we're down 24 with six and a half minutes left. Yes, well, again, yeah, ESPN gave them like a 0.01 chance. Of yeah, they looked terrible. I mean, I gave up on them. I didn't even turn them on because after dinner, I checked the score. They were down at half. Went and worked out with five seconds left in the second half. Notice the game was tied, but either way, a historic comeback. One, one really for the ages. Came back from 24 down, six and a half minutes left. One in overtime to face number one seed Cleveland State in Indianapolis. And the Panthers had their chances, led most of the second half, and it just kind of got away from them towards the end. There's a few plays in the second half, and even at the end of the first half, that really kind of dictated this game and really was kind of the difference. Right, yeah, I mean, the two plays in particular, at the end of half, uh, Josh Thomas got a steal, started to, you know, had an open look at a layup, and literally, like, 0.1 seconds separated that between those two points, and um, and Lucas too in in the second half down the down the stretch, uh, just 0.2 seconds. So though I mean, three. yeah, that was a huge three, huge three. And and I mean, you look at those five points, and that that could have made the difference there. Yeah, I was disappointed to see them lose in a way because they did lead uh, for most of that second half. But overall, I think it's kind of a positive year. I mean. You would have told me they would have been a final four team in the conference tournament regardless of what their record was i would have been happy with that and even to tell me that they nearly almost knocked off the number one seed after knocking off the number two seed i would have been thrilled with that and we you know we see this year after year where uwm knocks off the top seeds in the tournament in the horizon league tournament and just can't finish that run um you know i remember a few years ago when they were in the finals you know they had beat down Valpo. That was a different team, though. Yeah, it was. But 
but still, I feel like that's part of. I, I think they're a tournament team, despite oh, not making yeah, it all the way into March Madness. I'm happy with this year. It was a shame that I didn't get to see a game in person. Now, second year in a row, I haven't seen a game in person. Snapped like a 20-year run last year, a 19-year run. Um, but I think this is some momentum going into next year. Uh, they lose three seniors, potentially. All three could come back because of the NCAA's rule mm-hmm. with the extra year of eligibility. So maybe they'll get one guy back or two. But I think there's definitely some momentum going into next year, especially if no guys, no key guys transfer or anything like that. And the potential of Patrick Baldwin Jr., who ESPN currently has as a fourth-ranked prospect in the 2021 class, yeah. potentially come to play for his dad. Right. Yeah. You know, he should be making a decision soon. I feel like already it's almost too late. Like, Well, not too late, but it's later than so, you'd expect. I, I thought the same thing. I thought this process has been kind of weird because, like, you would think he would know. But someone told me the other day or said, what about, do you think he's just waiting to not overshadow his dad in the season mm-hmm. um, and wants to make his decision until after the year? Which, right. after thinking about that, I can buy that. But let's see how much time in between now and his decision it is. If it's another two months, then I don't know. Because to me, it's I, mean, I, I get the allure of Duke, but why are you going to Duke? You're not going to win a national championship next year, most likely. Right. And then Jalen Johnson, another Wisconsin guy who was there at Duke this year, didn't have a good year at all, clashed with Coach K. Yeah, they didn't and get along. Duke has a couple other top prospects coming in who are kind of small forward, power forward types. So he's not he's going to have to compete a little bit for playing time. Like I just don't see there being so much that outweighs the fact that you can stay home, play in front of your family, play with your dad, most right. importantly. And you're still, if you perform up to a high level, it's still going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, right. People still notice despite going to a mid-major school. Yeah, um, yeah I think, too, there's something to be said. He could, I mean, he could put Milwaukee back on the map. I mean, let's be honest, it's called UWM Panther Arena. You just need one star, Pat Baldwin Jr., and it's at Baldwin Jr. Court eventually. So and I wonder, I mean, I know again it's kind of late in the recruiting process and the recruiting in general is kind of weird because of COVID and guys mm-hmm. being able to come back. There might not be the roster spots potentially. But you would think if he commits, why wouldn't another even like highly talented three-star guy right. want to come play here? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think he could lead in a nice class overall. And um even yeah. if it's just him, too. I mean, if uh, DeAndre Goldston comes back, he's only a junior as long as he doesn't transfer. It just seems like guys always, guys always transfer regardless of the program, so you can never guarantee the guy's going to be back. Yep. But if he's back and uh, they got junior coming back or coming in, and then hopefully maybe they can keep either a Josh Thomas or a Tijon Lucas. Yeah. And uh, one guy who didn't play this year who uh, Pat Baldwin was high on, uh, is Jordan Latham, who's a UTEP transfer. He scored like 28 against Marquette at the Pfizer Forum in 2019-2020 season. Okay. So he's a talented guard, too. So I think there's going to be plenty of talent on this team where with even just junior, they'll be able to compete. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it'll be fun to watch. I think there's they're trending in the right direction, which is something you know we, we want to see, especially with UWM's in the past, you know, getting a coach, losing a coach, getting a coach, losing a coach. 
I think having some stability and hopefully Baldwin can stick around and foster this program. And Baldwin's a guy you root for. He's oh, just yeah. a great guy. Kind yeah. of, but as a coach, kind of hard nose, coaches defense, things like that. His mm-hmm. teams never quit. So it's going to be fun. We'll see what the announcement happens. If if Junior uh, commits, I think we're going to have a party. So yes, I don't yes. We'll be dancing. That, we'll so. be dancing too. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll see. Uh, I guess moving on now, talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, a lot of news recently over the last month or two with some free agent acquisitions and just some news and excitement with the season starting soon. They signed Colton Wong, the former uh, Cardinals second baseman, a couple months ago or a month ago, and they just recently signed Jackie Bradley Jr., the outfielder who was formerly with the Boston Red Sox. Both moves vastly improved the defense. Both moves sure. I like, and I'm not going to complain with by any means. Yeah, I mean, just think about the runs saved at second base alone. <laughs> I mean, going from Keston Hero to Colton Wong is such a big improvement. I think that's worth something, especially up the middle. I think it's worth $10 million. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, do. I, I think it, it definitely is. And Wong has been, I mean, inconsist- inconsistent at the plate, no sure. doubt. But um, – He's still, what, fairly young, I think. Yeah, early yeah. 30s at the very latest. Which, yeah, I mean, he could be. Kind He's of... not over the hill by any means. No. What I like about him and Jackie Bradley Jr., both left-handed guys, both come from winning team or kind of winning track records. Yeah. Whether that's Jackie Bradley Jr. when he was with South Carolina or even with the Red Sox. Yeah, he won the World, World Series. And mm-hmm. Wong is the same way with the Cardinals coming. He said which I laughed about how he's kind of enjoying the changes from being in the Cardinals way. Oh, wow. Kind of, he said it's just kind of a breath of fresh air. But Kessahira, I could go on a rant with that guy because I told everyone that when he got drafted, before he got drafted, he can't play defense because of the arm, and no one wanted to listen to me. And last year, his offense didn't make up for the lack of defense. Yeah. So it's a – I don't want to say it's a make or break year for a guy who's only going to be in his third year, but this year could dictate if he's only kind of a DH type. I just If he doesn't hit this year, what do you have in this guy? Because he can't play defense, and right. that means two straight years of bad offensive production. Yeah, I mean, he, he lives and dies by the bat, no doubt. Um, he's striking out a ton. Strikes out a ton. Training he's going to be a three true outcomes guy. I mean, he's going to strike out or homer pretty much, and um, that's really not the type that the Brewers should be having right now. Well, it makes I just don't get it, too, because he was a guy which – I talked to one scout who said he could be a guy who hits 320, doesn't have a ton of power, or he could be a guy who hits like 275, 280, has a lot of power, which mm-hmm. usually when you hit for more power, some strikeouts come. Yeah. But he was a guy who was like really good hitter in college, hit for average, things like that. Corey Ray, the former fifth overall pick, top prospect, former minor league player of the year in the Brewers mm-hmm. organization, same way. Guys like the same profile almost, yeah. power only, high strikeout. So I don't know what it is with the Brewers and their prospects. Garrett Mitchell's tearing yeah. the cover off the ball right now, though, so yep. he looks different. But uh, going back to just the signings, I really like both moves. I like the Jackie Bradley move. That was kind of a move that was rumored about for a bit, like about a month ago. Yeah. I heard some stuff about it. Then it kind of disappeared, and all of a sudden, wake up, check my phone at like 5, 6 a.m., Brewers had signed him overnight, and 
I like the move. I mean, uh, P.I. has been around for eight years. Um, he's nearly 31 years old. I compare him to a very similar kind of player as Lorenzo Cain, but yeah. younger. Right. Yeah, he, he's, he is that similar profile. Um, guys, you know, got some speed. Yeah. And, again, his bat has been – average to below average uh he, he peaked in in 2016 when 2020 he, hit, he did pretty good too but yes yeah, kind of a short yeah depending on how you how you take last season size. but yeah. yeah 2016 he hit 267 had 26 home runs and even in 2019 he had 21 home runs but only hit 225 um so i don't know I, he's a great base runner incredible base runner i think right. he has a lot of value in that sense as well. Um, so I like it too. I think that first of all, I wonder is any ball going to hit the ground in that outfield because it's just, they, they have yeah. a, people who can cover ground for sure. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to get into that. One more point I'll say about Bradley jr. And Lorenzo Kane Kane hits a little bit more for average, whereas Bradley hits a little more for power. Mm-hmm. And I wonder in Miller park where the right field porch is a little short, um, I wonder if that's going to help him too. So that's something to watch. And mm-hmm. Andy's younger. I mean, he's, uh, let's see here. Kane is nearly 35. So four years younger, pretty much. That says something too. And Kane, Kane had a bad 2019 offensively. Didn't play really at all in 2020. Now he's kind of banged up to start spring training. So he's always banged up. <laughs> but if you look at his, like, how many games he plays in a year, He's played a good amount of games over the last five years. So my biggest question is, who do you, if everyone's healthy, perfect world, who do you start opening day in the outfield? I think that trio of JBJ, Lorenzo, and, and Yelich. So you start Lorenzo over Avisel Garcia? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I don't I, Really, I just think Lorenzo's the better hitter. I think you have to give the bet a a chance with the money that we're paying him it's you i think you give him a chance and instill confidence in him that that the organization still believes that he can perform what blows my mind is lorenzo Cain is going to make 17 million this year he's the highest paid player in that, that outfield because yeah. yelich's extension hasn't kicked in yet yeah and i mean obviously garcia he's down 36 pounds. He's down to 235. Uh, he's one of those best shape of his life. Yeah. Guys. Yep, yep. So, but at first, before I did a little research before this podcast, I would have said, put Avisel Garcia in right field. He's going to hit for more power, just better middle of the lineup type bat. Mm-hmm. But then I started looking at the numbers and all three guys' numbers are fairly similar. I mean, I'll read them here quickly in a 162 game average. Abisail Garcia throughout his nine-year career is averaging 24 doubles, 19 home runs, 77 RBIs, 271 batting average. Hmm. Lorenzo Cain, 162 average, 288, um, 32 doubles, 12 home runs, 63 RBIs. Jackie Bradley Jr. is um, 30 doubles, 18 home runs, 70 RBIs, 239. So yeah. Garcia is kind of – in the middle of those two guys, Lorenzo Cain's probably the best. Yeah, is the best one, frankly. He doesn't have as much power. But if Lorenzo Cain, if you're confident he can play right field, which I don't see why not, or would you put Bradley in right field? 
I probably put Brad. The reason I say Bradley in center is just because he's younger and I think they have a little yeah. faster. I think he can cover more. But then you put Kane and Laft and Yelich in right. I yeah, think, I think Yelich prefers left, but I think he's fine playing. Right. I think so. Yeah, and that's how I would line it up. I don't know. I I think it depends. I think you know part of it depends on the condition that Kane is feeling. For and, sure. You know, if he's banged up and not at 100, percent which is most times, <laughs> maybe not not having him at in center. But I think they're going to give him plenty of rest days and kind of mix Abisale in there in right yeah. field and move move JBJ. So I think Kane's going to get that center field spot. And then on days where he's off, JBJ gets center, Abisale gets right. Um, but I kind of thought they maybe would try Garcia at first a little bit. But as much to my knowledge, they haven't put him at all at first base so far since the move, which – that must mean they're extremely confident in Keston that he's going to get the job done. Now, I don't know if Garcia really has much first-base experience anyways, but I thought maybe just another opportunity to yeah. push him to his bat. And... Right. Yeah, I don't think they want to – I think they want Keston in that lineup. And obviously, just if, if there was a DH, that's where Keston would be. But Right, for sure. Yeah. Are you uh, – we were talking about fantasy baseball before this. Mm-hmm. You have – Christian Yelich as a keeper yes, uh, on your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. But you sound a little worried that he might not fully kind of rebound. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Mr. Hall of Fame this upcoming year. Yeah. But I'm not too worried about him. I'm not I'm not worried in a sense that he's going to hit 200 again. Um, but, I mean, in terms of what I'm saying with keepers, where we all get three keepers – is he is he gonna be but that you, caliber? No. Do you think he are you worried he's not even gonna hit like I hate using two eighty because two eighty seems so just cliche, but like two eighty <laughs> with thirty home runs and hundred RBIs and steal some bases? I'd, I'd keep that. Yeah, I guess. But you're worried he's gonna do worse than that. I mean, I'm I'm putting him up against Xander Bogerts and and um and Corey Seager. Would you think with that stat line I just said, I know that's very basic. Would you mm-hmm. think that's a quality year for him? Yeah. Or are you ex- your whole? Are you expecting? That? I mean, I hope I hope we he's in that. the MVP race. Right. And and those numbers probably get him still in like the fifth range yeah. of that MVP. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess odds are I'm I'm keeping him on my fantasy <laughs> team. Whatever our our listeners, I feel like since you're in the same league, you're trying to kind of maybe. No, because uh, I know someone's not going to select keepers, so they're going to have a crack at them. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I have confidence Yelly will yeah. will bounce back. Obviously, it can't be as bad. I think last year so much of it was mental, where he just didn't think the season was going to play through. Right. I don't think he wanted to work hard at a season he didn't see happening. And then it happened know. to happen, and he's like, well, I guess this is a down season. And I think he had, uh, what, the quad or kneecap injury in 2019 and I don't know how healthy he was even last year I know he had a extended time off but mm-hmm. I still just wonder how healthy he was or even in condition he was necessarily for the year but I feel like he's gonna bounce back I mean if he hits 270 280 with 30 home runs 100 RBIs that sounds like a pretty good year and I, at that point I would yeah. think the Brewers offense is gonna be better than worst or one of the worst in the national league right yeah yeah because frankly to me i think they have the pitching i'm concerned about their offense right yeah 
I and I think there's some guys who will have there's so many question marks, which we know how those question marks work out from, from last year. Um, but you have to look at Omar Navarez who had an off year last year, year, who, yeah, bad year. It was, it, it was atrocious, <laughs> but you know, his career tells you that he should improve. Travis Shaw might have a bonus whoever's back at year. Third, I mean, they, whoever's at third, yeah. Jed Jerko was their most productive guy, and he wasn't that productive at third. No. But I, I don't know. Again, I think if you can get some production out of these guys that right. last year didn't perform, they are they have an offense to to compete. You think they are the favorites going into uh, the regular season for the National League Central? It's hard to say. I, I, I almost would choose the Cardinals, but I know Dakota has, has the Brewers, and I see why, because the division is so weak, and, I mean, yeah. we can get into it. Their pitching staff is good. I mean, it's kind of underrated almost. I think from top to bottom, it's the best pitching staff in the division. You can make a case maybe the Cardinals might have a slightly better starting rotation, but even then, it's tough to argue against the Brewers' starting rotation because, right. like, the Reds have Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, not much after him. Wade Miley's the most proven guy they have after him. Um, the Cardinals have Flaherty, Wainwright, Carlos Martinez, and Miles Michaelis. What are you Oof. gonna get? What are you gonna get from Wainwright, Martinez, Michaelis? Those three guys could either be really good or really bad. Yeah. So like, right. They've got names, but it's not necessarily. I mean, those three, guys are gonna die with. I bet those three combined will have an ERA like what four thirty thousand four eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I think like if Corbin Burns kind of can duplicate what he did in twenty twenty. Yeah. With him and Woodruff, I mean Woodruff, if you want to put some money on a guy to win Cy Young. Look at Woodruff because For sure. his odds are great. And, I mean, he's pitched pretty well the last few years where I think him and Burns can really form a formidable one-two punch. And then they have – I like the options they have after him too. Even. Right. Yeah. No, and I think um, – I think that all those guys give him a chance a chance to win. Who would be – who would be after them? I so Eric Lauer, I think he's struggled a lot. Eesh, I don't even know yeah. if he makes a big league club out of spring training. He might be get, getting sent to AAA. But Brett Anderson, you would have to assume makes it because yep. they wouldn't have re-signed him. Granted, it was a cheap deal, which I think was a steal to you. I like Brett Anderson if he's healthy. That's a huge question because of the blister issue he seems to always have. But he's a ground ball pitcher, too. Mm-hmm. So hopefully maybe with the improved defense, that's – helps Josh Lindblom you would hope he's better yeah got a lot of potential in the arm but has to show it Adrian Hauser is kind of the same way bunch of potential gotta show it Freddie Peralta you can make the same case he's either gonna be he's a guy who would be a really big weapon out of the bullpen but he's got the stuff where if he's on he could be a solid starter too so I mean yeah right I think what, Peralta is a four, Brett Anderson is a three. Right. And, or even, yeah, whatever you feel about Hauser and Lindblom. I mean, yeah. The Brewers seem to like both guys, and I think they're going to give both those guys at least at some point a chance to start. I think if – I think – I think oh, – I feel like Peralta might be the odd guy out simply because 
you kind of know what you have in him as a reliever if you put yeah, him in the bullpen. Sure. And he can be that back end type arm. Aaron Ashby is a guy who was impressing, I think, like last week. So I think they've got some other options. Eric Lauer might have kind of pitched himself out of a chance here anytime soon, but yeah. we'll see. It's still only spring training, but right. he didn't look good last year and not off to a good start. But if you look at their bullpen, I mean, it still blows my mind. They didn't trade Josh Hader. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. I guess he's a weapon now coming in, knowing the expectations and that the Brewers are in. And what you're paying for him, it's not like crazy money, but he's still a guy throwing only mid-90s. He's, his average fastball was just, I want to say, below 95, like 94 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a two-pitch pitcher, and I feel like guys have kind of figured him out. Right. Um, Devin Williams – He's not going to be as good as last year, but I still think he could be a reliable guy. Yeah. So, I mean, you really need a starter. To, I know this is cliche again, but starter to go six innings, and I think the Brewers are in good shape because right. then you got to find someone for the seventh inning and uh, play matchups at that point. So mm-hmm. they got some power arms. I mean, uh, Drew Rasmussen is a big-time arm. Justin Topa. However you say that, he's not a power arm, but he was effective at times last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he is the guy with the big arm. Either way, um, Eric Yardley is another guy who's kind of soft tossing but effective. So, And then, like, they've got guys like Brad Boxberger, who they signed to a minor league deal. I think that could be a sneaky pickup. Yeah, because I mean, he was good yeah. back with Tampa. He was even decent last year with the Marlins. Yeah, Bickford, who knows what you got in him, big time arm. Bobby Wall, same deal. So, I mean, they got definitely options, which is always good to have. And I think, like I said, it's all going to come down to their their uh, their lineup this year and scoring runs. Right. Pitching. Yeah, and and I think just obviously with that that division being atrocious, really, you know, worst division in baseball. Yeah, yeah, it is the worst division in baseball. I can just see it already. I can see the Brewers get having a four game, like getting slapped four games by the Pirates, and we'd be like, <laughs> "Yep, that's that's about right." And they'll probably be at uh, American Family Field, and we'll probably be there watching them get blown out. Yep. By the Pirates. I I was confused. I I heard I you know. say American. Family I almost said Miller Park, but I figured I should. No, I think we should be a podcast <laughs> that supports Miller Park in any way. <laughs> when you said that, I was almost thinking Great American Ballpark, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's not what we were saying." So, um, but if, if you had to rank the, the teams going into the season, I know still a little early, we still got a few weeks, and we're probably going to do more of mm-hmm. an official one between now and the start of the season. But yeah, I'd probably put the car a couple weeks ago on a different podcast. I said Cardinals won, that was before Jackie Bradley signing, yeah. but I still, even though the Cardinals pitching staff has some questions, their lineup is more, I think, predictable. And the Brewers lineup kind of worries me still, even with the names, just because how many guys struggled last year? Yeah. So if I had to put them in order real quick, Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates. That's how I see it playing out. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. Um, the team, to get into both season, the Brewers are going to have to win the division. Right. And, and the Cardinals – it's odd. I mean, they have you. Th- you think they just they have the big names. They have Goldschmidt and Arenado now, who just all the young. Also, yeah, Matt Carpenter. Who he's knows kind of he's gone. kind of aging. Yeah, he's he's kind of gone. Um, 
and and with Jack Flaherty. So they Yadier. <laughs> Yadi, yeah. They have the names. Yeah. It's just they, and the, there's such disparity between the top guys and their right. lower guys. Yeah, so um, and Bader is fun. I like Bader. Uh, and they got like Dylan Carlson, who's a former top prospect. Yeah, he's still, I don't even know if he's on prospect. I don't think any. I don't think so. But he was a former top guy. And so I just, even though yeah, they've got more of a range where the Brewers are more like. Talent-wise, are kind of closer together. Can you name three pirates? Oof, <laughs> that's how bad they are now. I I can. I should, but I'm thinking like Josh Bell, and he got traded. Yep. Chris Archer is gone. Mark Melanson's no longer around. Like I think I first name that comes to mind is Colin Moran, and then after oh, yeah. that, it's oh, it's uh, they have Cabrian Hayes. Top prospect who's gonna play? Um, yeah. Oh, do they still got Kevin Newman, the shortstop? Oh, they may have Kevin Newman and um, oh, what's his that long hair guy? Um, oh, I didn't know the Todd Father was on. Yeah, the they just signed him. Good for Todd Father. Oh, yeah, Tony Walters they signed. Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker. How yes. do we forget Cole Tucker? That's right. Cole there. Tucker was quoted on a broadcast as being one of the most exciting players in baseball. <laughs> I think his brother is more exciting. No, yes. Cole. Right. But Carson, I think, can be a better player. Yikes. What a lineup. Who's in their outfield? Brian, uh, Brian, oh, Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. He could play. I mean, he put up good Dustin Fowler. Who was he with before? Rockies and Cubs. Oh, I'm thinking no. Dexter. You're Yep. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin, I feel like was a. Can you click on his name? Yeah. That name sounds familiar. Maybe I'm just thinking Dexter too. I think we're thinking Dexter, the Pirates. Brian Goodwin, they have. Yikes. <laughs> oh, Gregory Polanco's still on the team. Oh, they didn't trade him. Not yet. No, Not... I'm surprised. Oh yeah. Okay. Yankees, Oakland. I remember that name. He's a former top prospect. Ten not... years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was was he the one that like got hurt right after getting traded to Oakland? Remember that he like ran into the oh yes sidewall. Yes, I remember that guy yeah. now. After I know him because of the injury. Yeah. Yikes! That's can you name their manager? <laughs> Isn't it still uh? What's his him face? This... Oh yeah, no, it's not then. Um, they hired him like I think before twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Um, I want to say Brandon Hyde, but that's the Orioles. I mean, did they hire the equipment manager? I don't know that guy's name. I just. Hold on. Pirates manager. Derek Shelton. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting division. Um Definitely wide open, like we said. I think it's the weakest division on paper. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, you just got to get into the postseason. I mean, the Dodgers are the overwhelming favorite again this year to win the World Series. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But I'm that sure. that West division will be. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little Packers? Yeah, I was just kind of bringing that up. Um, 
the Packers elected not to franchise Aaron Jones. And I don't so. think they used to franchise tag on even Corey Lindsley either. So, uh, right. Kind of surprising. Yeah. I, Aaron Jones is, he's a playmaker. I think it's, it's hard to find guys like him. I was like going last year. I was like, okay, he had a good year, but I think he's disposable. I think a lot of running backs are disposable, but boy, it's, I feel like it helped Aaron Rodgers almost by having a guy like Aaron Jones, who he could trust and, Having a guy in a backfield you can trust is, is kind of huge. And and I yeah. I think it's hard to give up Aaron Jones. I mean, they're in cap hell right now. Yeah. Like with the salary cap being lower than expected, uh, they're gonna have to make some tough decisions. Um I still think they probably cut a name or two that like Preston Smith or because mm. even it so even if they don't, even if they restructure a bunch of guys, they're in huge cap issues yeah. next year. So like the window might be kind of closing quicker than we think, but you still got an MVP quarterback, so you right. still got to go for it. That's why I didn't like the move of Kenny Clark. I don't like the idea of re-signing Aaron Jones because I think Dylan can be a decent replacement. Yeah. I think you can find a veteran for cheap that'll – do something Jamal Williams did if you don't bring him mm-hmm. back. And frankly, I know I know left tackle is one of the most important positions. I didn't like the David Bakhtiari resigning. I like that one. No, because they I paying like him like one. he's like the highest paid left tackle or something. I think like it's that. worth it for protecting no, Rogers. No, I think you could have gotten an adequate replacement for him for a lot mm-hmm. cheaper. I think you pay money for great left tackle. Uh, but yeah. when you're in such bad cap situation already, I don't know. You were I, fine without him when he got hurt. Yeah, I haven't looked at how they exactly did with, with Rodgers barely got hit at all this year. Yeah. And, like, uh, the former Badger guy who they got, Ricky Wagner, hmm. did fine when he came in and played. Like, I just – I don't think – and Kenny Clark, too, like – Great defensive tackle, but like, give me a guy who's going to sack the quarterback. I know, right. I mean, Kenny Clark does a great job stuffing the run, things like that, but like, I feel like it's easier to replace that than it is a pass rusher or needing another receiver or something like that. I'd like to know what the Packers were offering JJ. Um, Cardinals were ridiculous. So, what they give him, $32 million? Yeah. For a guy who's injury prone and J.J. Watt, give me a break. I don't want to hear winning out of his mind. Right. Again. I, he cannot say he ever wants no. to win because he chose to go to the Cardinals. Who you can make a, you can make a case for them being able to win, but I'll say though the Rams are going to be tough with Stafford now. Yeah. And Russell Wilson's still in Seattle, so they're at least going to win eight games. Yep. San Francisco 40, no longer will have those, hopefully not those injury problems for their sake. Yeah, and I mean, they still, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a very good quarterback, but are, everywhere else they got a lot of talent. Like that division's not easy to win by any means. No. And for what he got paid, I was fine that he didn't sign with the Packers. For sure. Because the Packers took the quarterback. He would have gotten hurt in the first preseason game and been out for the rest of the year. And yep. then, so, um, I still think, yeah, they're going to make a couple tough decisions. I don't think Corey Lindsley is going to be back. That's one guy I think is gone. They can't afford to pay a guy 
high money at center because he's going to command top five at his position. Right. Probably. Can't afford it. Aaron Jones, same way. You can't afford what he's going to want. I think he's going to be a guy that goes to like the Dolphins or something like mm-hmm. that. He's got Jacksonville, huge salary cap space. He yeah. Throws some money around. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I think this division too is an easy. Di- it should be the Packers division. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I you think the Bears? Have I it. think the if the Bears could get at least an average quarterback. If they get Alex Smith, do you think? He's better than Nick Foles. Yeah. I can't believe they're holding on to Nick Foles like he's some prized possession. They've got a championship-level defense. If they have any average quarterback, they're in the Super Bowl or competing for a Super Bowl the last couple of years. That's why I think they need to just do whatever they can to acquire Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Um, It's going to cost a lot, but – Give me a franchise quarterback with that defense, and that that team is the best. And they're like pretty much Tampa Bay with yeah. a younger quarterback. If you get Sean Watson or Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. um, heck, if I was them, I'd go after Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy's yeah. getting older, but the guy's still games. better than Nick Foles and Trubisky. Yeah. So the like, Bears are blowing it. They are blowing their opportunity by not investing in a quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah, and and I was looking at the lines too. I saw an interview. Um, oh boy, do you like Dan Campbell, new coach? <sighs> he's gonna bring some excitement. I'll say that, dude. I think he's. I like the move. I, I like. It's gonna the be move. interesting to see how that plays out. It's either gonna work out really well or really bad. It's no in between. I don't think he can get worse than Patricia was that experience. Oh, that never made sense. Why they got rid of Jim Caldwell? Who? Yeah. Yes, he was only winning eight to ten games a year, but heck, that was more wins than they were getting before that. Yeah, and definitely since after. And then, well, and then they hired a defensive coach, and they go under uh, the Belichick tree, which has not Bel- produced no. head coaches no. for whatever reason. Um, no. It's not worked out. So yeah, no. I mean, it's gonna be a nice change of pace. I think I think the players are gonna buy into Dan Campbell. I think it'll be a good leadership there. Now, what I'll say too is the Lions have pretty much said like we're kind of rebuilding. Like we know yeah. 2021 is not gonna be our year. Right. So I think that's a good mindset to have. Not going to the year with, um, oh Jared Goff, who I think Jared Goff's an average quarterback. I don't think it's a bad no. move. He's average. Oh, yeah, I was saying oh, that. Yeah, 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 I was agreeing. But he's not, he's not going to win a Super Bowl. For but, sure. like, he's a guy you could flip, if anything. But, like, so going into this year, not kind of pushing off those expectations, I think is smart to do because otherwise you're setting up the team, the fans, to all of a sudden kind of start losing a bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think Jared Goff. Heck, I'd rather have Jared Goff than from this year Foles. Right. Yeah. So. I think so. But I don't really – I'm really by the by the Vikings either. So no, because their defense has gotten weak. Yeah, it has. Cousins has not been the quarterback that was with the the Washington football team. Right, he's average. Yeah, Um, yeah. They'll they'll be the Packers offseason will be something to watch. The draft hill is a month and a half away. So yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. I don't think they'll take a quarterback in the first round again, but yeah, no, they'll probably take someone boring like an offensive lineman or something like that. We need to get back to boring. Yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. So, so then I think they'll do it now. But next week we uh, we should 
kind of preview March Madness. Yeah, send us your listener questions. Yeah, of course. Yep. We're glad to be back. We hope uh, we hope you enjoy this episode as well. Yeah. Um, you can find all of our podcasts on anywhere you can find podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Yep. He's Colin Kannenberg. I'm Dan Zielinski. Thank you for listening to this edition of the 3 and 2 What's He Gonna Do podcast.